Hey everybody, John Carter here with New Vine Records. We're excited to invite you to our annual music festival, Off the Vine, on September 17th at the Treeman State Park in Ithaca, New York. We'll be hosting 13 bands like Leo and the Maydays, Secret Servicemen, Kite String, Meta Sequoia, Ilium Works, Rev Ezra, and we'll close the evening with the Gun Poets. We'd love you to come out and enjoy the music with sound provided by Sound on Sound. Enjoy vendors like Lucky Hair Brewing and South Hill Cider, and of course, take in the beautiful Ithacan scenery. Be sure and go to get your tickets at newvinerecords.com today. By the way, New Vine Records is a not-for-profit music company, building community through the practice of supporting, engaging with, and creating new music with local talent. If you haven't checked us out, please visit us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and subscribe to this podcast, as well as discover new artist releases, concert announcements, and more. Another way to support New Vine Records is by visiting newvinerecords.com and simply clicking on the donate button. Every dollar donated will go to artists, their projects, and events. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. We have a very special guest here today, don't we, Sam? Oh, man. I've been waiting for this episode. This guy is like a jumping bean on stage. His name <laughs> yes. is Way. Yeah, what's up, Way? How you doing? And he goes by Papa Muse. Talk into the mic. Get right up on it. Oh. Yeah. We want to hear that Mr. beautiful Mike. voice. Yeah. Yeah. We want to pick, pick everything up. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Excellent. Fully employing the we're, microphone. We're here. We're here. Um, yeah. All right. We, we'll jump right into this. Yeah. All right. We got Way with us. And Way. How you doing, everybody in Radio Land? Yeah. Yeah. We wanna. We wanna know. Radio slash podcast. Yes. Land. Well, we wanna know a lot of things about you. One of them is why you play music. So why don't we start right with that? Why do you play music, Way? Yes. Tell us. Um. Oh boy. I don't know. It's just what I'm supposed to do. It's like, I, it's the thing that makes me the most happy. Yeah. 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 That's a common answer. It's, uh, you know, music is one of those things in this world that everybody seems to hold in common, which is, you know, one of the reasons we do this show. Right. To kind of focus, laser focus on that. Like the Al- motive. Almost everybody. Yeah. All right. We, I mentioned a co- I had a math <laughs> teacher that hated it, it, was, it was Mr. Moreno. And he just hated music, and I couldn't understand it. Yeah. I've never met anybody that hated music. This guy did. This guy did. Wow. Yeah. So it is a phenomenon. It just kind of pulls us all together. Um, and I, New Vine is all about just gathering uh, like this collective of crazy artists and trying to, you know, we're all helping each other out. And get, you know, we're traveling down that music journey road together. And you are one of those people that I've met on that journey. And I have to say, uh, here in Ithaca... You're one of the most interesting people I've met. Thank uh, you. Yeah. I think. No, no. <laughs> that, that word could be used in so many ways. Uh, I mean that in the most positive way possible. Yeah. Thank um, you. Your, your music is good. I enjoy listening to your music. You make people dance. Yeah. Because you like dancing. You like moving around. Uh, that's not... With a guitar on. I'm not so much the person who goes out... Dan- I do enjoy dancing, but I prefer to be playing the music. Yeah, and having other people dance than be dancing myself. But uh, yeah, I, I dance a little. You know, as far as music, the one thing I wanted to say is uh, make sure you're on the mic. Yeah, come uh, come closer. Music for me is is truly a, a gift from the creator, or however you might want to interpret mm-hmm. that. But um, 
you know, it's kind of a natural natural phenomenon if you think about it, because rhythm mm-hmm. is set by by. I mean, there's rhythm in nature, right? Like the sun comes up and the waves are coming back and forth. It's something that everyone can feel. Like you right. can mm. put anybody in front of music and see them move to the music in time. Yeah, you know, more or less. I, and then melody is just a division of notes, right? It's just like a, mm-hmm. it's, it's math. So I kind of feel like it's it's truly a, an innate gift. Right. for us yeah, yeah it, it has a language um and and one of the things i love about that language is that it has dialect you know you can go to any different part of the world and it's music but it's a very specific part of music and that part of culture is like food right there's foods with a, a specific thing to it and you can go all around the world and it's just food but it tastes so different you know and that's the thing that's so cool about the variation of music Right. And uh, like you said, it's like waves. I actually, I kind of have a funny story about that. Um, once uh, I was a young father and uh, I was carrying around this little baby and uh, her name was Hannah. She was just on a show. Yeah, and, last week. Yeah. And she uh, fell off the couch headfirst into a brick stove. Oh, okay. Geez. And we went, wow. we were like, oh my God. And we ran up and I, and I pick her up and I look at her and she definitely had a nice, welt there right and so we're like we got to go to the er and uh we pick her up we're running to the front door and she starts like convulsing kind of a thing like that and we're like oh my god something's really wrong like she got damaged right it's so except uh we're making a way out the door to the car and i realize that there's this crazy boombox sound from next door in the apartment next door and i realized that she was dancing oh (laughs) She was like one years old. And wow. so she was like nah. getting her groove on. There you go. And it's like, there you go. It's like innate right. in us. Like music is part of creation. It's part of nature. It's my, part of yeah. my ex-bandmate. I had a band called Scratch and Sniff a long time <laughs> nice. ago. I, oh, wow. played, I played drums in that band. It's a good band name. My that partner. just evokes so many images. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he used to play keyboards and I'd play he played a, a Fender Rhodes for the bass parts with mm. his left hand and a, a keyboard for his right. And anyway, um, he once said something that stuck. He said, music is medicine, and everybody needs something different, perhaps, but mm. uh, it, it's it's like medicine for everybody. So yeah. like, I don't appreciate or identify much with angry music, personally, right? Mm-hmm. It, just does, it doesn't do anything for me. If anything, it makes me feel, it can make me feel stressed out. Right, right. But other people find relief from it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the beautiful thing about music. And I, I try to... Mm. I try to allow myself to enjoy all kinds of music, and sometimes that's more challenging than others. But, you so, know. so walk us through the story. Like, um, young young way uh, discovers music and makes that decision. Oh, I'm, I'm going to make this part of my life in a major way. How did that look for you? Yeah, I don't remember a specific decision that like until I was like well into until I was an adult where I was like I'm going to make music my life, but. My father was a drummer when he was when he was a kid, and um, he used to go up to the Catskill Mountains. He lived in Brooklyn and would travel up, and he was like uh, playing the professionally. Mm-hmm. And he put sticks in my hand when I was about three or three and a half years old. Okay, and I would play to records on a pad. I remember playing to the Bee Gees and whatever, and I was just tapping away. But I was learning at even that young. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just, I've always just, it's just, like I say, it's just, I think it's more about mm. allowing yourself to do what you love to do. And I can't think of a higher purpose in life than mm-hmm. that. Yeah. 
yeah, I agree with that. Chasing that that sense of purpose in the things that you love to do. Yeah. Um, for you, that was music. I'll yeah, say, we're all pieces in a jigsaw puzzle, right? So, yeah. like, if you do what you're supposed to do and what you love doing, everything gets done. Hopefully. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's, I mean, that's the theory for, for sure. And, um, but I, I want to steer the conversation in another, in another sure. direction. So, because, mm-hmm. Way, we want to know more about you no. uh, and about, <laughs> I mean, you're our special guest here. So, all right. I want to know more about MuseFest. And I know it's not a thing anymore, but I, but, You've told me about this a few times um, since I've moved to Ithaca. Actually, and Way is one of the first people that I met yeah. when I moved That's here. That's how I met about, you, actually. Yeah, and we met through Way. I was actually, actually thinking yeah. I should bring that up. You guys mm-hmm. met, I brought you over here. Yeah, that yeah. was the yeah. first. Uh, Sam walked through the door and my eyes brightened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm actually pretty pretty happy and, and proud of the fact that I introduced you and now yeah. you're working together. Yeah. 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 I mean, That's pretty cool. It's it, cool. It all, it all ties together. Still waiting for my kickback, but... Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be waiting a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we... Yeah, so, the, so we met like two years ago and you so had Muse mentioned Fest. the Muse Fest thing. Yeah. So tell, tell us more about it. Tell us more about what that was, what was... Uh, sure what was involved in putting that together? So when I was in my early to mid twenties, I was traveling and living, I was going to a lot of rainbow gatherings. Okay. Uh, for people who don't know what that is, uh, it's basically, we exercise our right to gather peacefully in the national forest. It's basically like you camp out with a bunch of people, you build kitchens, there's no money allowed. And it's based on unconditional love and service, and everybody wow. helps one another. And uh, th- there's no alcohol, no money in the in the gathering. What about and weed? I got weed. Th- there was <laughs> there had weed. to be something. Got to be some. Something back be back something. in those days, th- yeah, there was mushrooms and weed. But back right. in the day, you didn't have a lot of the designer drugs and things, the okay. pills and stuff back then. Right. Uh, but it was a very inspiring. Um, an influential thing for me. I spent a whole summer traveling from one national forest to the other, mm-hmm. uh, living uh, basically off the grid in the woods, not looking at mirrors. I mean, just try not looking at a mirror for a week. Mm. It really changes your perspective on, as far as what's important. So, so what happened was um, some time later, not that long later, I went to a little festival near Syracuse. I think it was called the Harvest Moon. Okay. And... Um, it just blew me away. I saw all this incredible music. This band called Fathead from Philadelphia. They were doing like hip hop, funk stuff. And just like, it just blew me away how talented these musicians were and how good it was. And I had never heard anything like that because up until this point, I had mainly just listened to the radio and what was trending and whatnot. And here was this, it was all really diverse. So I got the idea to combine the two yeah. of having like this yeah. music Wait, festival. It's the mic. I, I feel like you're a little too far off the mic. Um, okay. We don't. We don't want to lose. Well, it's just I'm trying to look at you guys. You got this so. deep voice. It's yeah. Just, I like Maybe what's going and if you want to move it a like, bit so you yeah. can face us more. But All right. yeah. yeah so, there you go. There so you the go. idea of MuseFest came together. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a hybrid between a rainbow gathering uh, and a music festival, and it was okay. designed to. Element, uh, elements of both so it was on labor day weekend mm-hmm. with the idea that it would be a free music festival but it was based on cooperation okay so everybody would mm-hmm. step up and volunteer and that mm-hmm. kind of thing and as a result people developed a real sense of pride for the event because mm-hmm. they felt invested in it so it was pretty special and a lot of bands 
um, got a lot of exposure as a result of it. And um, I did that for about a decade. And then my buddy Rob Delphus took it over for the last two or three years, three, nice. three years. And then I moved to Florida and, uh, you know, there's a whole story there. But um, that was probably eight to nine months worth of work to do the festival. So uh, mm. eventually um, things had to change, uh, you know, uh for me because i had a partner and uh, and such so okay um but it definitely taught me a lot you know nice yeah well i mean uh, how many years has it been running i mean when did you start this well it hasn't been running okay in a how while many, how like many years it, did it, it run, ended in t- rob's last year doing it i think was 2010 okay it started in 1999 wow no that's going a long back, run. Going back in the yeah. day, yeah. man. Yeah. And we used to average about 3,000 people. And there's three, three stages running all weekend and a big drum circle with a dome. Mm-hmm. And what happens at these things is people come and they say, I'm going to work on the drum circle. And then every year they bring more energy to that and they develop like their peace. T- you know, it mm-hmm. becomes a village. It becomes a tribe. And uh, it was a really nice thing. I, I had mm-hmm. friends meet their spouses there you know it's interesting i also feel very strongly about music creating community um and how it pulls people and relationships and uh just over time you know those friendships that build over time i I feel like that element of music that it's just a show you hear the thing on the on the device it's there's so much more to it when you're connecting with a group of people and actually starting to share music with each other, where people start flipping between bands and start helping each other out. And there's a bit of that in Ithaca. Um, it's one of the things that- A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of it. There's the other thing, too. Just a bit, yeah, just a bit. Yeah, you know, you're being sarcastic, yeah, of course, right? Of yeah, course. they. Um, it was super attractive to me to see, uh, and, and I'm like, wow, this, this town should be bigger in music than it is. Um, in fact, Jeff Goodmark and I talked about it a lot and tried to do a podcast couple years ago based on that idea that Ithaca music really should just kind of be bigger than it is because of that element. Well, that's why we started yeah. the podcast. That's right. So we're, we're following in those footsteps, yep. you know, because there are other scenes that did that. Um, a- any historical view, vantage point of any of these scenes like Muscle Shoals or I've mentioned it before or Seattle, you know, these bands just kind of came together and fought the system and, and, and arose uh, into the world. And it's really a cool story. It's not like they were just doing marketing you know yeah right? it's been talked about for a while mm-hmm. um that ithaca right now you've got the state theater mm-hmm. which is like the premier venue for national groups that are passing through on their tour routes right play right. state theater it's the biggest one um but there isn't a really good mid-level venue you know that mm-hmm. could fit 500 to 700 people mm-hmm. that is bumping and hopping yeah. not just, since the haunt closed right not since right. the haunt you just you don't have, so ithaca is in dire need of well, something like that and mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous that ithaca doesn't have that right now mm-hmm. so here here's what i want to say i've been watching the local music scene for 20 years yeah and when i used to do the muse fest it was designed to highlight the ithaca music scene i didn't bring in bands from out of town mm-hmm. very very rare if i did mm. and um we had a rock stage, we had an acoustic stage, and then the field stage had like jam bands and reggae and like the more danceable stuff. Mm-hmm. So we had a very diverse scene and there were great bands like Ayurveda and Patchwork Down and all these bands. And um, I don't know what's happened. 
I mean, part of it is the economics and the lack of clubs and stuff. But right. um, money is a big part of it. Unfortunately, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to say. A lot of a lot of I think that a lot of college students still enjoy going out to music and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But some people will argue that people are more tied to the electronics and not going out to live show to DJ hmm. stuff like that. I don't but know. But a DJ is still a live show. Like even if even if you've got DJs going mm-hmm. and I've warmed up to this cause I used to be very much like uh, same DJ what same. the hell. But like, yeah. no, like look, if it builds community and people right. are coming out to a venue to right. see a DJ fucking do it. Yeah. And you know, right now I mean, we, the range right now seems to be like the place where some college kids, yeah. college kids will go and dance and do all that. And the upstairs and the upstairs. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I venue. saw, I saw sparks of hope. Uh, we just did uh, a full takeover for the entire month of May with new vine records there and um you know rue earthling who is part of the band metasequoia start he booked those shows and um you know they allowed us for an entire month to come and the repetitive nature of that we started seeing college kids coming back yeah and actually getting interested in the music the last show we did we had the room yeah and that was a surprise to me and it's proof that if you have a consistent expression and it's actual music I think people will catch on to it, but mm-hmm. you know some of those dynamics, like we're talking about the money. I think a lot of that has to do with the technology and just how music is presented to people. Right. But they're just like by accident showing up to this, and they're like <laughs> discovering something cool. Yeah. I watched them bop to a straight up rock band. Yeah. Like who does that anymore? Yeah. You know, I I feel like that's such a rare thing today. Well, they, I mean, they've got the big rock festivals going on in Europe mm-hmm. and. America still's got them in Middle America. You've sure. got some of these major rock festivals, like in Rock Rock Lahoma. Yeah, and um, they're they're. It's just this. You know, we're kind of in a bubble. Sure, in I think this area. I think we're kind of in a little bit of a lull right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's my belief and my hope that it's going to come into some type of a renaissance. That yeah. you know, because like I'm not seeing a lot of younger bands. Uh, there are some like this band called. Uh, uh, vicious vicious right mm-hmm. and um they're a, kind of a young band and they sort of have like a punk cow punk type of feel i, I don't really want to describe them incorrectly sure. and they're, they're developing but the, but it seems like a lot of the bands that i know mm-hmm. plastic nebraska and all these bands they're they're not really fresh bands anymore they're sort of right. like aged out well you know, they've that, all that's got kids that's and, where i'd like to dis- I'd disagree with you a little bit i'd say mm-hmm. the bands that we're trying to bring up are younger bands and trying to get them in front of people. And it was funny because at the end of the show, I said, are you guys sick of listening to Led Zeppelin? And everybody's like, yeah. Are you sick of ACDC? Yeah. Well, here's the danger dogs. Have a fucking good time. Now those, those guys you are know? great. Yeah. But, but I wouldn't categorize them as an Ithaca band. They're not from Ithaca. They're not an Ithaca band because they haven't had an opportunity to play in Ithaca. They want to play in Ithaca. Right. Mm. And I think the region is small enough that there's still a brotherhood there. Um, similarly, you know, Leon the Maydays played, Metasequoia, all these are younger bands and nobody knows who the fuck they are, but that's the point. There is no, when we talk about this on the show a lot, there's no mechanism to introduce new music. And that's the point of this organization. People need to be able to go to a club and trust that whatever they go to see is going to blow them away. Yes, yeah. that is a key point way. That That's is a right. key point. Like it's got to yeah. be good shit. Like if mm-hmm. cuz you could open up this new venue. Mm-hmm. But even if there's one band that's shitty that plays at this venue, yeah. like you're you're not going to recover so, very quickly from I think that. curation's a big deal. 
Like, yeah. and so even though we're not for profit embracing newer bands, there's still a standard. Mm-hmm. It's still a standard. Gotta you, you've got to have good music. You've got to be writing your own stuff. It, it, it's got to pass a certain standard before I think uh, curation can take place with newer bands. So there needs to be organizations doing that. There needs to be collectives doing that and people putting time, energy, and money in venues actually believing that it can happen in past one night. It, it's it's got to be a bigger vision mm-hmm. in, in the area for that to happen, and I, I think it can. There's something yeah. that uh, jazz clubs do uh, very often where they'll have a residency for a band. Mm-hmm. So like the Blue Note and some of these bigger, more reputable clubs, they'll have a band come in and they're doing at least three or four nights at this club. Mm -hmm. So you really get to know the the band if you want to come multiple nights or word gets around like, hey, this band's really good. I saw them last night. They're going to be there for the next three days. So it gives more people a chance. I've heard talent buyers say even around here, uh, you can't play more than once a month. And I think that's bullshit. That's crap on a stick. Man. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We post five times a day on Instagram yeah. and we're not embarrassed about that, but we can't play more than once a month in a town. Yeah. I think that is the best way to connect with people. Yeah. So, yeah. so here's one thing I want to point out that mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned in this whole conversation about, you know, uh, it feels to me like we're sort of commenting on how the Ithaca scene could be better and whatnot. And I, and I agree certainly. Um, but we're still at the tail end of a pandemic. Yeah. We're still coming <laughs> out of it. You know, like sure. that's a pretty big factor. Like I think mm-hmm. that it's very possible the haunt would have stayed alive if mm-hmm. it wasn't for sure. the pandemic, well, you know? So um, like I just had to cancel a gig in Oneonta mm-hmm. for, graduation weekend that i was really excited about because my my, one of my band members has a newborn baby at home and he doesn't want a chance bringing covid home to Mm -hmm. his baby and Mm -hmm. that's a very legitimate concern totally you know but Mm -hmm. so we're not past it yet and there's a lot of people that you know i saw a buddy of mine who used to run the acoustic stage um Mm -hmm. i won't name him but he basically got used to the isolation and it's been a real struggle for him to get out get and be social. And and this was somebody thing. who was at shows every weekend. He yeah. was yeah. him and uh. him and probably Jim Catalano, the, the writer, mm-hmm. the, those two were at shows constantly. And I saw him out, you know, on the commons the other day and I was, it was like surprised to see him. I never see him anymore. And so I, you know, sure. I think this pandemic is definitely part of it. And I'm just hoping that on the other end of this, uh, musicians will that people will support musicians more mm-hmm. that there'll be people are willing to you know i'm not willing to to charge five dollars in ithaca for a show anymore that 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 five dollar ticket price has been since the 1960s or something like mm-hmm. that and it's just not it's not a, a fair thing you know now it, it sort of depends mm-hmm. uh, what i've been doing is i've been doing um a sliding scale like kind of like a suggested donation sure. kind of thing. Cause I don't want to turn people away if that's going to stop them from enjoying yeah. the show. Or well, I, I want to roll it back just a little bit about something you said about yeah. um, the comment about making comments. This isn't, I, I feel like the perspective I'm sharing here. Um, I've shared it with fish a lot is it's, it's for the past 10 years. This right. is, this isn't just now in this moment. Um, I, I feel like there's been a he- wholesale turn away from, connecting audiences with bands and putting energy and time and money behind uh, newer artistry that gives them that that opportunity and some would call that exposure but i i don't like that term because 
I think you actually do need to create value yeah, for these new groups value. by creating some kind of marketplace for a standard uh, that's being presented and promoted in regional music. Um, and so I feel like that's where we possibly have really lost it is because we've convinced consumers that it's not valuable anymore. Yeah, I mean, and you know? along those lines, I agree with you. And mm -hmm. along those lines, <clears throat> excuse me, um, if you just look at the way the major labels have invested, or I should say de-invested, like they used mm -hmm. to actually sign a band. We and talked they, about this. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. they would develop those bands. You get no, like a minimum three album deal. That's correct. Yeah. And right. that's no longer the case. Now we're down to singles. Yeah. Like people are just <laughs> releasing singles. Right. And we're all on our own kind of thing. And the, yep. the majors are only going to invest in the, in the musicians who are already doing it right, you know they'll right. sort of buy them out once they've already made it on their own so it's a very different world even at the yep. you know on all levels and there's a lot we could talk about on that different model yep it's, it's just economics i mean if you took is, to yeah. club owners like the doc very nice people you know the, over there and they were trying to pay bands and stuff mm -hmm. and then they were losing money so mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. when i played there i just did it I just took from the door or whatever you know well i think so, they're losing money because um there is no value in the brand of something uh and right. so why would people come right um and that's what i think there has to be a, a larger comprehensive focus on the idea of building some kind of platform that allows a value to be attributed to whatever's being put up um so we gotta build that yeah. experience exactly i think that yeah. gets lost a bit is building that club experience uh you know living in uh, my brief stint in brooklyn i was there just about seven months I lived there. Yeah. And one thing I did notice about the city is that when you walk into, this is not all music venues or even just like a brewery or let's take a brewery, for example, you walk, like there are some breweries where you walk in and like, it's an experience. Mm -hmm. Everything from the moment, like the moment you step into the door, right. the layout of the room is cool. Mm -hmm. Right. And that immediately you're just like, this place is cool. You haven't even heard any of the bands yet. You haven't even tried any of the beer. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that like you feel it. You feel that this place is cool. There's love put into the layout. There's mm -hmm. love put into the type of food that they serve and the everything. So it's it's either nothing matters or everything matters, right? So everything matters. So Well that that's why we call it music getting. <laughs> music getting. I feel yeah, post Post music wars, we're in music getting, and, <laughs> and it's it's like the fractured reality of the landscape. It's just yeah. all these pieces, like the venue, the 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 studio, the yeah. artists, like it, and, and it's not together. Yeah, it's together. But focusing on the venue, though, you know, right. I, well, that's what I mean. I feel like venues have to collaborate really well, mm. um, and and then we could possibly see that that standard, that value being applied you know? i really enjoyed i came to see fish play with driftwood at mm -hmm. ransom steel mm -hmm. near bingham they're doing a good job out there what a beautiful venue i yeah. mean it was just like it had two layers and you could watch from the balcony and stuff that and, is cool that they have that. and i just enjoyed myself like seeing the show from all these different vantage points mm -hmm. you know and yeah. uh so just you know just kind of commenting that's, a, on that's actually yeah that's a great example mm -hmm. um the other the flip side of ransom it that room you walk into that room right and mm -hmm. it's you feel like the, all the wood everywhere right like, it's a beautiful beautiful space but the 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 acoustics of that room <laughs> they didn't are, think about that they didn't think about that no. part yeah and so there's sometimes you'll get a lot of chatter going on 
and it's uh-huh. everywhere in the room. So echoey. Right? Oh yeah. And so tall pe- ceilings. Yeah. So, so people that are trying to listen to the show, those, they're hearing yeah. all this chatter going on. So it's like it takes so much thought. Well, and to that really thought get a venue right. That thought is conversation in action. Uh, there needs to be these discussions with yep. people who are willing to see past their own venue, past their own band. Right. That's right. Past their own agendas. Yes. And and you look at the movie industry, and I point to this often. You got an entire apparatus that's massive, and it's able to function. And some would argue it's functioning less and less, and I would agree with that. But <laughs> yes. for the most part, they've kind of outlasted most other expressions as mm. something that works because there's this overarching fundamental set of values that they all adhere to, and it's bigger than their own agendas. From the camera guy to the director to the producer to the writer, they all know that this thing works because they all adhere to this bigger idea. And I feel like music business needs to get back to that, whether it's a union or some kind of like, yeah, or groups about or, the union or, or yeah, the union. to have those discussions and to include the venue in those discussions, include the artists together and form that again. Yeah. I, I had the thought at one time, I, I, at one time I was asked to book for the haunt and I actually turned it down because I was trying to be a neutral player. I was hanging posters for everybody and sort of being a neutral player in the scene and to, to be honest, like I just, I've been, I've always been a music promoter and sort of known for that, but I've been focusing for the last, I don't know, five years, primarily and solely on playing music. Mm-hmm. I'll promote my own shows, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to get away from being that guy and just known, you know, better known for my music because right. I haven't released mm-hmm. a lot for people to know. But anyway, um, my thought was that if the venues were actually, communicating and sharing their google calendars and whatnot you wouldn't have competition mm-hmm. if i was booking mm-hmm. funk you would book country or whatever it yeah, is yeah uh, there's a great saying and i learned it in real estate when i was doing that yes i did real estate mm-hmm. and uh my success is your success right so that's we, the abundance mentality it's a good one which not every unfortunately it's just not not everyone has anything that. that's been great in history is attributed you can attribute it to that that people come together and they understand that yeah but right now you know the reason the home was torn down i said it was maybe partly because of the pandemic but not really it's just because they want to build this new housing you know it is changing there's a lot of Mm -hmm. money from the outside coming in and they're building condos and whatnot Mm -hmm. so um i recently went to kind of like for halloween i went to a, a like a rave party type of thing I want to see you at a rave. So, <laughs> yes. That must be interesting. So it, it was in the industrial park, though. You know, it was in yeah. an old warehouse. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was, I mean, there were puddles on the floor. It was yeah. like no, pretty damn. shitty, but it, but it was just really cool at the same time to be in this empty warehouse with, in an industrial park at night when there's nothing happening. You know, it was just a really cool That's thing. That's a very common thing they do in Europe. They'll find right? a shitty location, get a decent sound system, promote the crap out of a big event, yeah. have these bands come in and just rip it apart. And well, this was yeah, DJs, but yeah. 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 Similar idea. Yeah. Yeah, I know what raves are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what raves are. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to get to some of your music way. Mm. Uh, we're going to play a song of yours. And it's called. Do you think we're talking too much with Way? <laughs> no, no, but I'm just joking. We, we got to uh, we we get keep to it. Moving. Um, yeah. This is called Running the Schoolyard. Tell us a little bit about Running the Schoolyard, and then we're going to play it, and then Mm -hmm. we'll come back with the next segment. Sweet. So um, I think it's important for for me, it's important that if I'm going to sort of uh, 
try to get people's attention and sort of fight for their attention and be on a stage with a microphone that I have something important to say that's going to benefit everybody. And um, I've, I've run environmental, I ran the plastic free challenge campaign and mm -hmm. I networked with bands around the world to bring their own water bottle and promote uh, sustainability. And so this is kind of my eco anthem running the schoolyard. Um, the title uh, it's a little obscure, but it has to do with like um, the bullies on the playground, and, and and it's kind of a metaphor for the corporations who, mm. who basically their profit comes first, and they'll just you know they'll pollute and they'll poison people mm -hmm. so that they can make money. Like personally, I mm -hmm. would never want to harm anybody just to make money, but it's kind of a that's kind of what's going on. So that's kind of the the title is based on that, and um, mm -hmm. I just actually released the music video for it on Earth Day. Cool. All right, running the schoolyard. Here running we go. the schoolyard, here we go. schoolyard running the schoolyard i saw those bullies <laughs> i i had lots of bullies in my day so i and i identify with your song mm, thanks anyway good good job um and i do and love uh the cause based music that you put out i think it's really important message today um i so thank you for doing that i hope yeah. you continue to, to to you know champion the cause you know it's important yeah. i do mm -hmm. but speaking of which i just wrote a song recently which is strictly a party song it's, okay it's called get Just, pumped so i have to balance it you know because mm -hmm. i'm trying to bring people together mm -hmm. to celebrate life mm -hmm. and enjoy one another and if you have a strong message it can it can be a little heavy-handed it can sure. come off as preachy and whatnot mm -hmm. so there's sort of a balance so i try to have lyrics that might hopefully inspire people and that uh, are somewhat deep, but also have music that's well, going that, to be Well, that's what music does. I mean, music kind of, you know, it's the, the sugar that makes the medicine go down, right? Oh, that's the perfect way. Yeah, yeah that's the perfect nice. way yeah. to say yeah. it. Cool. All right, guys. Sometimes. So it's time for this new segment. It's called New Vine Reacts. Heck oh, yeah. Oh, boy. We got okay. some doozies today. We got some doozies today. Yeah. Mm. Bring it on the fanfare. Do you have yeah. any fart sound effects or anything? Uh, we'll, we'll, oh, get we'll get those. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to record them in the studio from Fish himself. I actually, my friend sends me fart sounds. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you, you, you sell them on the internet. <laughs> sell fart farts in, no, sell farts it's a in new, a bottle. It's yeah. a new business model. Yeah. We sell fart sound effects. People are doing worse things. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. 
So this first one is just a headline. Okay. Quick reaction. Finnish. This happened three months ago. Finnish skier. I'm guessing he's from Finland. Mm-hmm. Suffers a frozen penis. Oh my! At the Olympics. <laughs> well. Don't Did they- it like affect his time? I think he found out it was he found out it was frozen after the skiing event. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I mean, you you think you'd notice that a little sooner. <laughs> um, his whole body was cold mm. and the way the story went, he did his whole body warmed up back when he was in his room after the event, but then his penis yeah. did not warm up. And oh this is gosh. news why? I think that's the thing that's to react to is why is this considered news? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like this going around now. Well, you know, in, in modern technology day that we're in here, do you, we have electric cars. You can't, these guys can't wear something to warm up the old nether region. Sock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just... It's the Red Hot know. Chili Peppers edition, yeah. uh, you know, ski sock, we'll call it. Hey, there's some money we could make right there. Penis sock. I mean, the other question is, if your penis was frozen, would you go to the press about it? Mm, Apparently he did. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Any press is good press these days. (laughs) Guys, I can't believe this. My penis is frozen. I feel for that dude, though, but I'm glad it worked out. He ended up putting like a Did a medical professional actually uh, test to see if this was an actual frozen penis or was this uh, his own This was his own self- Evaluation. I mean, did it, it didn't like crack or anything, right? Well, that would nope. have been a problem. <laughs> he just, he just, it was uncomfortable and painful, and he, he immediately put like a warm, like a hot pack Compress. on it, and it, it solved the problem mm. very fortunately. But yeah, so he, that, could, he couldn't find wow. a prostitute. I take it. Oh God! Uh, I, <laughs> I knew that was going to go somewhere. <laughs> oh man! I wasn't going to go there, but I'm glad you. Maybe I'm glad. Uh, you did. All right. So that was that. Mm-hmm. Very okay. random. Yeah. Just yeah. reacting here. Okay. Let's get into something a bit more juicy. Mm. Juicier than that. Juicy, wow. Yeah, right. So okay. this Can't one wait. this one is Metallica. And I'm gonna pull this up here on, on my phone. Okay. So opening up. So James Hetfield from Metallica says that And Justice for All had no base because the band was burnt out and just was kind of done with the record. They were touring extensively. So between touring and then like coming back to the studio and then going out again to tour. And now John has some insights on this that I don't think are in this article because there's a lot of like political correctness and, you know, bands don't want to like throw people under the bus and shit. But according to James Hadfield that, you know, this whole no base on that record, they were just burnt out. I mean, I didn't even know that bass had no record. I don't listen to them much, but mm. like they didn't think to like add it afterwards or just didn't need it. I don't get it. So I'm skimming through here. Um, Hetfield says that Newstead, it mm-hmm. was Newstead. Jason he was, Newstead. He's their a bassist at that time. Okay. Yeah. So, he left the band. He left so the Hetfield band. says that Newstead probably did approach he and Ulrich about the lack of bass at some point. Um, and Hetfield said it wasn't a shot at Newstead, but it was just the band was kind of done with yeah. that record. I, I hear uh, that, uh, I think through an interview, that the reason that happened is actually Lars was being a dick and he came in and he thought he knew what he was doing and mm. told the engineer what to do. Mm. Now, we need to verify this. This could be a poll <laughs> right. on our podcast, Pollster. Yeah, Why was there no bass on this? Um, also, uh, I can believe that about Lars because he is a dick. 
Right. Totally. He's a frozen penis. <laughs> He's <There's> no question. <laughs> What's crazy about this album is it was eight times platinum. Wow. Um, so so that just means ooh. bass players need to stay off albums. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Like, right? Like, how crazy is it that yeah. no bass on a record and it goes eight times platinum? Oh, your your flashlight's on. Oh. Um, oh. But that's crazy. Yeah. Eight times platinum. Eight and times no platinum. Bass. No bass. No bass. Well, okay. So there was bass, but it was heavily reduced. Heavily reduced. Is that is it, okay? Yeah. So and, at, and to be honest with you, the drums sound like total shit on that album too. So I was never a fan <laughs> of his I, I, his drum yeah. tones were just terrible. Well, yeah, uh, they're just so rough. Funny. They're super dead. And I guess that was the sound. But. Yeah. So, after that, things got better when Bob Rock stepped into the picture. I saw Metallica you know? once. Mm-hmm. and it was a very interesting experience. It was in 1986. They were opening for Ozzy. Oh, okay. I saw them at the Brendan Byrne Arena in New Jersey. Yeah. And um, I remember hair flying through mm-hmm. their whole set. It was less than an hour. It was yeah. a set. They were an opening act. How big was the stage? Oh, it's, it's an arena. Yeah, it was yeah. a massive... Uh, what tour yeah. was it? And that was, that was 1986, their first bass player who wound up passing. He mm-hmm. was with Cliff... Burton mm-hmm. and kill them all. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I remember mm-hmm. um, I got hit by a battery in the back. There's a song called Battery. Correct. Someone mm-hmm. threw a battery wow. and I got hit in the back. <laughs> That's really kind it of It didn't do any damage. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And yeah. um, I think I got spit on. Oh my God. And then when mm-hmm. we left, we were listening to the radio and apparently a bunch of people rolled a car over. Well, so, that makes it, sense. it was a pretty. Um, mm-hmm memorable experience well there's two things that cause that hockey games and metallica right <laughs> there, you, there you go that's when that was so, before metallica got more like mainstream and polished mm-hmm. and right whatnot. Yeah. like i said bob rock the black album was uh the big turnaround mm. which so that's metallica for you that's, yeah there you go here's here's always uh, interesting metallica. our last one our last our last react okay. reactionary thing for mm-hmm. the for some news that i thought was interesting uh a band of toddlers found wandering near a highway after escaping from daycare. That's the headline. The kids are safe, but Color Wheel Learning Center in Prairieville, Louisiana has had its license revoked. <laughs> well, it just tells you everything you need to know that happened <laughs> in Louisiana, my it's friend. It's funny, my first reaction, my reaction when you said a band of toddlers. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, was, I had a picture in my head of these yeah. kids with guitars. And well, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking they were uh, the groupies at a Metallica concert that just escaped. Oh, right. Oh, my God. Like the daycare for Lars. So they're one-year-olds that some guy found yeah. wandering near the highway, got out of his car. Jeez picked up the kids brought them back to the daycare center which was like not far that's from insane. work but that that's crazy how do how do one-year-olds escape from daycare like this is like well, baby's day out well, and how like, far away was it from the place how far you away? know i don't i don't have i don't know if that's in here well, the, um, the thing is is there's definitely a leader in the pack of the, those, those yeah kids. it's rugrats man <laughs> yeah. it's rugrats it was rugrats uh, i still think it would be cool to see a bunch of toddlers playing in a band there needs to be a band name after this occurrence oh here it is <laughs> A one-year-old opened up a gate and wound up in the parking lot. Okay. That's not too far. Which isn't as bad, but still pretty mm. weird that they escaped. They're close to the road. Fish, where do you find these stories? Like the National <laughs> Facebook Enquirer? news. Uh, right? it's not, not Facebook news, but... I, I'm, I, <laughs> all the best news. All the best. Yeah. Um, no, this was, this was just a search of music news mm. and news, funny news. Yeah. Like funny but real news. Mm. So, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, that well, was Well, it's definitely new. more interesting than Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. So, I give it yeah, to you. Thank you, Fish, for bringing us the best news. That was New Vine Reacts.
All right. Excellent. All right. Excellent. Well, let's yeah. con- let's continue on. Uh, wait, you said there was something that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, your transition. Well, we were talking about branding, and it yes, just occurred right. we, before you were talking about branding and how how important that is, and how people will go to a venue to enjoy the experience of that venue, and a lot of times it's less to do with who's going to play, and right. hopefully they're you know impressed and surprised, pleasantly surprised. But I've actually been rebranding as a musician uh, for the last half a decade, five years, I'd say. Right. Um, I used to play with musicians and play sort of uh, more hard rock. It was mm-hmm. melodic. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of it. My first record, Meaning Makers, is is really well done, and I'm proud mm-hmm. of it. But it's definitely more grungy and heavy. And I shifted, and that's largely I got to give credit to like the Grassroots Festival and the Ithaca music scene. Mm-hmm. Just growing up, you know, seeing all this like African music, I saw Thomas Mafumo mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff, you know, in the area is there's a lot of reggae and a lot of world music. And so my music has landed somewhere in between, but I'm playing a lot of danceable mm-hmm. world music mixed with like sort of my progressive rock That's type cool. of background. Yeah. So a lot of people do equate it to something like maybe like the Talking Heads where it's still rock, but it's it's danceable at the same time. Yeah. So I've been trying to sort of um, do that because number one, it's it's sincerely my music. And but if I do write a rock song, hmm. it's not one of the ones I bring out with the band. I'll play it at a solo show, like acoustic or whatnot. Hmm. And I just have found a real love for having people dance at my shows. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that when you play danceable music half of the population will suddenly start coming out to your shows. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was playing weird progressive rock, it was mostly men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, which is really tough on the dating uh, life for yeah, you. That's funny. Yeah, funny. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, so that's been really nice in the last year or so. We've been playing to a lot of packed houses. I would and, definitely uh, concur that uh, danceable tunes, cover tunes, things of that nature mm-hmm. rile up the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, people uh, want to feel like they connect with the music, and yeah. if you can connect with your body to the music, that's huge. Yeah, Quincy Jones said, if you can't get butts out of seats, you're worthless. Wow. Right. And I've also heard yeah. and sort of believe that it's the drummer's job, and that if people aren't mm-hmm. if the people aren't dancing, it's the drummer's fault. Mm-hmm. Fish. That's, that's, yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've practiced many, many hours hmm. to make sure that I can be, you know, be the backbone and any drummer. Right. Any the drummer, engine. You're like the engine, the engine of the band. Yeah. And any absolutely. drummer should um if you're a drummer, you you need to understand the role. And the role of the drummer mm-hmm. is to be the backbone and to make sure that he's grooving. Until and the if, drum solo happens. Until the drum then solo everything happens. Goes then do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. That's for the drummer. I was like, actually actually that's really funny. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like when I, I I'm very I'm very fortunate enough to be able to take the occasional drum solo with Driftwood. Mm-hmm. They let they let me do drum let solos. Do. And I, I gave you a drum solo too. Actually, Way Way did give me a drum it solo. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was and really I, good. So <laughs> when I'm able to do a drum solo on stage, yeah. like and I say let because uh-huh. yeah. it, they it is a thing, like letting yeah. a drummer do a drum solo. Is is, is uh, a band's allowance of a drummer having a drum solo the same as a wife letting her guy go have a guy's night? I mean, kind of. I think so. Yeah. Because seriously, like <laughs> a, a drum solo is an it's a crazy animal there's no other instruments playing it's for you it's yeah it's for the drummer it really is and so i I, i'm always like is this really happening i can't believe this is happening this is crazy shit and it's like all those hours Mm -hmm. in the basement 
allow you know give, give me that opportunity and that's yeah. that's kind of fucking brings cool. meaning well, to for all me that it's hard like work. i was a rush fanatic right mm-hmm. and yeah. at every rush show there's a big drum solo because yeah. neil, neil peart was one of the best at that mm-hmm. and twenty thousand oh, yeah. men loved it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so yeah and and i in 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 papa muse we have a lot of percussion we have a lot mm-hmm. of drumming and stuff yeah. in fact we do a big drum jam at the end where you know so uh, to me, that's just very tribal. It's mm-hmm. very, it's very hits you in the chest mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know. So um, I still enjoy it, and it could be argued that it's a, it's like sort of um, uh, gratuitous mm. and whatnot. But uh, I personally enjoy it, and that's kind of why I present it. Mm. Well, I would argue that a, a good experience of music is just two basic components: is that repeated rhythm and a really great melody, mm. and um the pop people got that down yeah they did yeah i mean it works for a reason this is why people love it you know people used to always when i was growing up people would scoff at pop like oh it's inferior it's not and then i was like oh yeah you try writing a good hook (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) right like a good beat even like a lot of simple beats aren't that simple right there there's a nuance to it that's so, like reggae. Yeah. Like I play with a lot of guys who are like, I can play that, no problem. Yeah. You know, they're all super confident. Can you play it for 20 minutes straight? You know, reg- <laughs> reg- so reggae is sort of like so different. It's it's like about the space. It's all about this leaving yeah. space mm-hmm. in the right places right. and stepping up in different places. So I see that as a good example. Mm-hmm. We have another song from Way. Mm-hmm. This is PM News. What can you tell us about PM News? So PM News, um, I wrote that during the pandemic, and it's really a statement about, uh, it was just like a current events statement, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was really a statement about the press and how things get reported and how people are so divided. It's about division in Mm. in America, in the United Mm. States, how divided people are. Right. You know, my whole goal in life and mission is to have people find commonality and learn how to work with their differences and and love Mm -hmm. one another. And we've been through a really interesting time. Like first it was, um, you know, a division between people who are into Trump versus, you know, the Democrats versus the Republicans. Right. And regardless of what side I am on, that was a real hard thing to deal with when you find out family members Mm -hmm. are on the other side of the fence from you and stuff. So, and the way it's portrayed in the media, it sort of gets everybody riled up and whatnot. So, yeah. so the video that I had, uh, that I worked really hard on, um, is sort of like uh, kind of being playful about that. We have a bunch of conspiracy theories in the beginning of the video. I have uh, two children pretending to be newscasters. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So, and uh, yeah, so that's what the song is about. It's kind of uh, got a jazzy. Um, a, a swing jazz kind of a flavor and i had joey arcuri play bass None. on that mm-hmm. you know from driftwood he was playing a stand-up bass so i'm, I'm real proud of that uh, unfortunately youtube decided to put a warning label on it so you have to what cl- yeah you have to click through oh my god oh no way it really wasn't uh, there was nothing about the video that was um you pissed off the algo yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just i had footage from news mm-hmm. and so they found that enough but it, it wasn't really even taking sides. It was just showing both sides. But. It's crazy way because it kind of, it just shows you like censorship is a thing. And yeah. And I never thought, I mean, censorship's always kind of been a thing, but it's kind of taking to new, it's come to new heights now at this point where it's become so subjective yeah. now. So 
it's kind of weird and um, it's true yeah. it's true and the thing is there's there's some need for it too you could argue both ways right because sure. there's a lot of there's so many avenues for news right now that a lot of people are able to easily mm-hmm. put out false information right, right? and then it's like who's deciding this is a very false. large discussion yeah it's a big discussion but um, let's get to yeah. it. but i have <laughs> ideas on that discussion we should do a show about it yes yeah. um but yeah based on that i i, I think this uh this is a cool way to describe the problem. Yeah, this this yeah. song was supposed to basically address that and mm-hmm. and create that conversation. You always have a playfulness about your music, and I love that. Uh, it kind of yeah. take takes the hit out of it. So yeah, let's watch this video. Hi, I'm Charles Meredith, and I'm Angelica Johnson, and here's tonight's news. This week, an intercepted and decoded radio transmission from space revealed a massive conspiracy being carried out by the Gates Foundation and the Lizard People to implement family pets with microchips that can be activated by 5G towers to provoke a historic revolution. Household pets can no longer be trusted, and the federal government is investing in safety camps for civilian refugees expected to be in exile from house cats, puppies, and even erratic gerbils. And now we go to field reporter Papa Muse, live on the scene. Hi, I'm Papa Muse, and this is the PM News. What'd you guys think? Mm. Not your average uh, newscast ah, going on there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't Tom Brokaw, I can assure you that. No, it was awesome. Uh, kudos to the kids. So, to yeah, those yeah. kids, just so you know, that's yeah. my uh, nephew, Matthew, and my niece, Ruby. Oh, cute. Uh, during the pandemic, I was living with my sister and her and her husband and yeah. her family down in Ayak, so that's when I filmed. What it, did brings, you... it brings up a good point, that song. Mm. Um, and this is something that I have to remind friends of mine Mm. and even family members just remember the phrase divide and conquer Mm. yes because Mm. anytime you start saying that person is hateful and they're a Mm -hmm. xenophobe and they're this and they're that and you're name calling them how good does that do to solve any good you're reducing them to the to the smallest thing and you are just playing into the mm-hmm. bigger you're playing into their game and by there i mean the powers that be the people that own right. this country you're playing into their game of divide and conquer so please please heed that message yeah trying to bring people together through music right i agree and, love love over fear and right don't be and people right. get afraid of stuff they don't understand right and a lot of times it's hard to understand someone else's worldview because mm-hmm. it could shatter your worldview. That's right. And so it's it's scary, scary it, thing it's for people. It's easy to buy into it because they're trying to target the root system of security in your life to cause you to feel fear. Yeah. Um, but when you realize that uh, it is kind of a game that a lot of these so people So I'm going to I'm going to 
I'm going to debate that with you. All right, let's go. So, we'll do a little quick debate. Let me tell you a quick story. When I was in my 20s, I, I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was living in a van, out of a van. Wow. And I had By the a river? dog. Uh, there weren't a lot of rivers. It was the Sorry, desert. So Saturday Night Live um, <laughs> yeah. throwback. Go ahead. So, um, but anyway, um, I, w- I was, I had puppy, my dog had puppies. So it was me and nine dogs. She had eight puppies in a Jeez. van. Way. Yeah. So for a short time, you know, until I was, they were old enough would to hope give them short. away. Yeah. So I went to the park and I laid out a blanket and was relaxing with the dogs and letting them. And all of a sudden it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon, sunny, it's gorgeous. And I'm relaxed and everything. And all of a sudden I hear a noise and I look up and this guy comes running over and he's disheveled. He's just really frantic and upset and mm-hmm. whatever. He's a big mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. And he's like, did you see them? Did you see them? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he, all of a sudden he, he points across the park to the, it must've been several thousand feet and starts screaming, you pussies, is that all you got? And he's yelling at a pack of guys, like a whole Whoa. bunch of guys. Holy crap. So I'm sitting by myself in this peaceful environment and he starts yelling at them. And next thing I know, they come over to us Mm -hmm. and start fighting. Yeah. All right. So another guy gets involved to help the, we'll call him the hero. This is why we had you on the show. (laughs) I never would have thought this would have gone this way, but keep going. (laughs) Oh shit. So the hero, so the hero is fighting a pack of guys. Some other guy jumps in to help him. So it's like two on six or something. Right. And all of a sudden, Hero is down and he's being kicked and he pulls a knife out. Mm. Oh my God. So this is going well, right? So all of a sudden, the knife gets turned around and he gets stabbed like in the kidneys in the back. So the guys, the pack of guys all run off or whatever. And the other guy that was helping him run off. And it's just me and the Hero guy who had been there. And so I say, hey, let me take you to a hospital, man. You got stabbed. You got to, you know, take care of this or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I convince him. So he gets in the back of my van, sits there. He actually left a blood spot on my seat as a side note. But anyway, <laughs> I'm taking him to the hospital. And then halfway there, he decides that he doesn't want, he insists I should let him off. I'm right near his house. Oh, he doesn't man. want to go. So I was like, all right. So I let him out. And then the next day it comes out in the paper that this man was minding his own business in the park and he got jumped by a gang of heroin, mm. you know, guys or whatever. Like it was like mm. he was the one who reported the story. So it got reported that he got jumped by a gang and that he he wasn't even from Santa Fe. He was from a different city. He was there visiting mm-hmm. to clean up the parks or whatever. So basically it's like, you know, that Einstein said you cannot simultaneously prepare for war and peace at the same time, right? So mm-hmm. that was a lesson for me about how the media works. So I don't think that the journalist was purposefully trying to create division or incite people or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They were just reporting on what they sure. thought really sure. happened. Sure. So I think that um, it's while there can be this, uh, the people at the top trying to divide us and the people, these conspiracy thoughts and whatnot, while they can be some truth in that, mm. I often feel that um, I like to believe that people are well-intentioned mm-hmm. generally mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of misunderstanding. Sure. There's definitely yeah. a lot of misunderstanding. That's for sure. Hmm. Um, I'm, what a, what I'm, gonna, a I'm gonna go. Story. I'm gonna go with this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say um, it's an overall human dynamic. Uh, is what is behind that. Um, fear is a very powerful motivator, and they talk about it in science. The amygdala is wired in such a way that when you confront something that it threatens you, you you do one of two things: you attack or you run. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and when you have a lot of uh, things happening in your life, you're going to try to scapegoat a problem. Mm-hmm. And so when there's a lot of bad things happening in life, masses of people start to scapegoat problems. Sure. Um, it's just, it's a human dynamic and it just gets whipped up into this fear tornado. And uh, because of the things that are happening in the world today, I think um, whether or not it's, it's engineered or not, it is occurring and it is coming through the news and it's filtering through. And social media isn't helping. It's just unstoppable right. uh, what's happening right now. So I th- still think it applies uh, that love should conquer over fear, that we should be careful about those messages and try to apply, mm-hmm. you know, some sane, r- rational thinking. Yeah, uh, no, around those I, things. I, I yeah. agree that it's happening. Yeah. I think that, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, it's like people, there's only two forces that rule the world, mm-hmm. that rule an individual, this fear or love. Mm-hmm in my opinion. So oh, when yeah, you just yeah. look at every circumstance, you can look at what 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 are they saying and where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. Are they coming from a place of being defensive and defending mm-hmm. something? Or are they coming from a place, a loving place? Mm-hmm. That's the way I try to break down and evaluate the world. Sure. So if people are coming from a place of personal fear when they're reporting and when they're bringing the news forward and stuff, that's their perspective. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate. But the idea for me that they're purposely putting bad news out um, to divide people, that's mm-hmm. where I'm not so sure. That's mm-hmm. where I'm not sure. I don't think that people are that sophisticated uh, that they're, or you know, that deliberate about it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of examples where that is the case. But mm-hmm. on the whole, I think it's more just... Uh, well, you know, I, would, I would push back a little and say in the same way that people are making products and food, Mm-hmm. Uh, that will hurt people because they don't care as much because of the bottom line. I would say very similarly, uh, news agencies, yeah, like <laughs> like the stuff we're eating. Yeah, like this um, stuff. I would say very similarly, uh, people know that fear sells sure. and, and that ratings happen. And yeah, so right. news has, has, media has bought into uh, the narrative that if we put these stories out there, we're going to get eyes and therefore well, when, we'll sell when Trump advertising. Was around. Yeah. The yeah. ratings were through the roof. Right. For Absolutely. These news I mean, Colbert is still talking about them. They're still talking you know, about them. You know, and my, my thing is, is like. So the money is the gasoline that's pr- yeah. they're like pushing this thing right over the edge. It's right. really funny, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, yeah. like, I don't want to talk about yeah. that stuff because it just empowers it. It just right. feeds it right. energy. Feeds you know? the machine. I want to talk about positive stuff and ways that we can. Well, come like you together. said, love. So you need to write a song. So let's, so let's do it. <laughs> let's talk about. Yeah. Wait, good segue, good segue. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why do you like your music? And what do you like about I thought about you were going to talk about if we what stand together. What do you together? love about Well, we're getting to that. Oh, we're getting okay. to that. So, because uh, that'll be the next Why song do I like play. my music? Uh, I don't know. I think as a musician, you are basically taking all of the things that influenced you in creating something new. I'm not one who enjoys cover bands, mm-hmm. you know, um, mainly because I have so much new new music coming out of me you know it's 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 not even like i'm creating it as much as i'm just allowing it to come out mm-hmm. sort of thing it's like mm-hmm. just allowing it to like flow. it's being channeled through you right sort of yeah but mm-hmm. it's it's like i'm influenced by various different artists and that's mm-hmm. gonna shape me as a musician you know so what do i love about my music um i could tell you what i love about playing music it's it, it's inherently cathartic. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. healing for me. I always say that music is my first wife. 
<laughs> because growing up, I would get heartbroken by these women that were, you know, girls. Just make sure you put that on your dating profile, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm already married to me. <laughs> you might find yourself six months later just, in a bad just, spot just if so you, don't. you know. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I've been, I've had a little experience with that. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> so um, it's it's just something that I've always felt like was literally a part of me. And when I go long periods without playing music, uh -huh. it affects me physically it fence mm. me negatively when i have a good jam session like with damien or some of my bandmates it it feels so good it feels mm -hmm. um, it feels like a physical release sure. for me mm -hmm. you know so that's what i as far as what i love about my music i write it because i write it from the things i love the most i love you know the styles that i love the most mm -hmm. kind of kind of like sex Kind of. Yeah, I would a say. A good jam is very, I was going to say that, yeah. but I didn't know what the show was rated. There's a reason there's it's a lot of songs about sex. M.A. <laughs> for mature audiences. Dang it, only. we're going to have to put the big E on this one now. Yeah, Explicit. well, we should put it on all of them. I think we swear a lot. We've dropped some bombs. Truth. F-bombs. I know. But that's okay. Like, yeah. It's, it's kind of just adult. Uh, it's apropos. Apropos. There'll be kids that like it too, though. I mean, there's kids these days yeah. are being exposed to things that are... So what's the tune? Anyways, <laughs> yeah, the tune is, so we were talking about standing together uh -huh. and, you know, that one of your goals in life is to um, be a conduit for that and to bring people together. So this song is If We Stand Together. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about that. And well, we'll John it. said it best before, he, you know, he was saying, um, like, as far as the venues working together and everybody mm -hmm. working together, it's like, I don't, I like to believe in abundance, not scarcity. If you have a scarcity mentality. That's brilliant, man. You know, like mm -hmm. there's plenty to go around. We've got plenty of food and everything else. Like mm -hmm. when I used to do rainbow gatherings, it was based on unconditional love, unconditional mm -hmm. service. Mm -hmm. If we all just treat each other like family, mm -hmm. everyone gets taken care of and everyone gets their needs met. And there's, right, there's abundance in in life, mm -hmm. in reality, if in, we choose that. In fact, scarcity is the root of all evils in this world, I would contend. Ma yeah. many the of belief them. in scarcity. Well, right. The threat of scarcity. There you go. The threat of yeah. scarcity. So, th so this song, uh, I was honestly waiting to mm -hmm. release an album of all world music. Mm -hmm. And I hope to still do that. It's going to be called Dare to Dance, which is one of my songs. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, I have mostly rock stuff released and I have very little of the world music. Mm -hmm. And with what's going on in the world today, it just seems that like the last five years, we've been so divided. You know, the, uh, so... I felt like it was a good time to release this song. Awesome. Yeah. Well, right. Here we go. Yeah, let's do it. Stand together. Like a polka. 
Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, a gypsy polka. thing gypsy going polka, on there. You know, little you're punk dancing around. It just makes yeah. me feel really good about yeah. if we stand together, like mm-hmm. the things that could happen. And yeah, it's true, man. We, you know, the the you take a bundle of sticks and you try to break them, and, and you really can't. But if you take one at a time. Easily, there's a risk broken. there's a risk inherent risk in doing that um of getting hurt uh, right. oh, of, yeah. of being vulnerable and opening mm-hmm. up to two things and you know but i think if you keep doing it wisely mm-hmm. eventually you form a core and then you you grow and you become a, a force yeah. you know i think it's really it's, important uh, to also yeah. understand that everybody struggles yeah and mm-hmm. to have compassion for people and what they're going through mm-hmm. you know um and also to have forgiveness. Forgiveness mm-hmm. is not something that we really teach, and it's very important. I once wrote a song called Forgiveness, mm-hmm. and it's kind of unreleased. It was like an acoustic version that I did, but um, I think that like having compassion and forgiveness, and, and like in, well, in the world of cancel culture, that doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but you don't not treat, going there. You you know the Do thing it. is like you. <laughs> I think there's an expression. Uh, it's a Native American expression, which I'm gonna horribly mispronounce, but I believe it's give it a shot. It's called ahomatakwe asin, and it means all my relations. And the way I interpret that is whether it's a clerk at the checkout line in a grocery store mm-hmm. or my best friend, mm-hmm. I wanna have. I wanna be focused in the moment with that person right. and enjoy and love them the same. Mm-hmm. I agree. Damn, that's a great way to look that's, at life, man. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think that's a good note to to start to to wrap up here. So, yeah. uh, John, what what do you got for us in closing? Yeah, well, uh, I just want to thank you for coming, and uh, I think we identify very closely with uh, values uh, in music because of what you just shared. And I, I just want to say that I think if we as as a community start working together that way, we could see something really great happen. You know, coming out of coming out of New York, uh, Ithaca, New York specifically. I love this town. Yeah. I love the music community here, and I just want to hear everybody that's listening. Thanks for listening. Keep checking it out, and we're gonna have uh, who next? Who are we gonna have next? Yeah, that's right. Let's think to, about it. We like the you're pick gonna have next. the who. <laughs> oh, coming out. Yeah. yeah, we're good buddies with those Whoa. guys. Um, so well, we talked about. Uh, Oh, we talked about having Ashley Ickes. Oh, that'd be super great. Come on the show. Yeah. Um, so she's cool. a great drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very solid grooves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snappy uh, dresser uh, plays with the comb down. That's right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that so we that's a, that's a great option. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about having the Tijuana Danger Dogs. I think we're gonna have to put some padding up on the walls if we do that. Okay, uh, they're a little nuts. We talked about having Pete. <laughs> Ruddle, Pete Ruddle, and my brother, Joe Kohler. and Joe Kohler with a bottle of tequila. Yeah, that was the thing because they do uh-huh. the Sunday Fun Day yeah. uh, in Binghamton. So one of those three. Wait, there's have... a Sunday Fun Day in Binghamton? Yes, there is. Yeah. I'm playing a Sunday Fun Day at Lincoln Hill Farms. Okay, uh, in this, one, this one's at oh, the uh, highly August. esteemed Belmar, and many people are laughing right now because I just said that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, highly esteemed. Yeah. Highly esteemed. yeah. So good. So, so well, one of those people will be next. Yeah. Or I have peoples. a question. Uh, when is New Vine going to open a music venue, this 500 room? Well, wow. It's in the works. We're talking this podca- about that. This podcast? Yeah. And I, John and I have been talking about yeah. this. Like, you know, we started this We started this podcast because we just felt like there was a void in Ithaca and that mm-hmm. there is not enough cooperation among bands mm-hmm. and among music venues, as you pointed out. And mm-hmm. New Vine Records. A lot of challenges to overcome. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. New, Vine, New Vine Records. You know, so we figured starting this podcast, this is going to be a great way to get the community involved for people to talk, mm-hmm. have real conversations. And I could see New Vine Records spearheading a new music venue. We take a lot of fucking work, but like it could be mm-hmm. done. Yeah, and man, I mean, on the it's other in our side heart. Of that, Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's but on the other heart. side of that, man, that'd be so sick. Like it would. just get a. I mean, the sky's so here's an idea. So there's a place called Revolution Hall in Fort Lauderdale, uh-huh. and I think they've got a brilliant model. They mm. basically only open up on the weekends, and they only open up when they have shows. Mm. So they're not trying to. I don't know what their rent situation is, but they're not. So a lot of times, what venues do is they'll have shows that lose, mm-hmm. and they have to have the winning shows to make up for it. Mm-hmm. So if you only do the shows that win, right. Mm-hmm. You're not having to pay all your staff. That's cool idea. Overhead. Right, right. That's a that's a great point, actually. Yeah. I mean, we've got a couple of masterminds here, so yeah. we could start yeah. planning it out. Well, and Hannah, our CEO, uh, she's awesome. She's she's been uh, throwing that idea around uh, to put something, you know, rooted here in town, a, a music venue uh, with our team. So we're excited about that idea. Cool. You guys heard heard it here first. All right. Well, all right. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks everyone for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If people want to know more about, oh, tell us, yeah. Yeah. Tell uh, us where we can find your stuff. Yeah. It's just papamuse.com is mm-hmm. the, the main thing, the main hub, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, at papamuse music on IG and Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. and TikTok and those kind of things. Very good. Yeah. So I've been working hard to get more music out and more music videos and it's been going well. I got to say, I'm very flattered by some of the, you know feedback i've been getting cool. recently Great. so yeah so follow follow way so mm-hmm. it's what say it again papa papa muse, muse. Papa yeah. muse. at papa muse music okay at papa muse music yep or papa muse.com great awesome. well and, thanks and, and also be sure to follow uh this podcast subscribe subscribe hit the button dude